inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today brought to you by The Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro, by Polly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store right there on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and lots more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By P&R Lumber, Route 15 Walcott, with family-milled lumber for all your projects. P&R Lumber, check them out on Facebook. And by Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com Well, right now, here is the author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Garden, published by Chelsea Green. But I imagine he's doing his gardening outdoors these days. Here's Peter Burke. <laughs> well, a little bit of both, yes, buddy. A little bit of both. <laughs> and uh, well, there's just there's so much to talk about today. I I just don't know quite where to start. So I'm just going to start somewhere. First of all, it's too hot. It's uh, to plant those sets. So you want to be real careful to uh, to maybe wait until tomorrow when it's going to be maybe a little overcast or till Monday sometime during. During the week, uh, um, if you put your plants out, uh, you need to figure out a way to shade them and uh, make sure that they're they're misted or watered or sprinkled, or so there's uh, uh, plenty of moisture in the air around them as well as in the soil. So you, you know the uh, sort of a, a rule of thumb would be if you're uncomfortable, those little baby plants are probably uncomfortable too. If you have <laughs> if you have already planted your plants and they're well established again uh you know maybe consider uh, um uh an evening sprinkle of water uh some way just to make sure there's plenty of moisture in the air and in the soil around them uh when you do water you want to make sure you water deeply so that it's uh, specifically uh, right in the root zone of the plants. Um, the, the sprinkler is probably best just for a general moisturizing the, but it also, um, the downside of using a sprinkler is that you're, you're also watering your paths where you really don't want to grow anything. So anyway, those are a few things to think about now. If you've got your plants, uh, good. Um, if you don't have your potatoes yet you better go get them i just for chicken johnny's uh, uh but uh and they're out of stock on everything but um 
uh, Agway and uh, Plainfield Hardware, they all had some, and, and they have a nice set of varieties there. So, um, But get them sooner than later because they'll be gone soon. Uh, the... Um, uh, if you haven't tried, if you like uh, potatoes uh, and you haven't tried fingerlings, give them a try. You will be surprised. First of all, they are very, very productive, super hardy, less likely to be attacked by the Colorado potato beetle, and um, uh, it, it, and they store really well too. And uh, I like them especially for my potato league soup because they're so creamy and um, they really cook up nice. So if you haven't tried fingerlings, um, you know, put in a plot of them. Uh, they'll they they grow. They grow differently than a potato. You don't really need to to uh, uh, heal them uh, because they they tend to grow below where the potato seed potato is put in. The seed fingerling is put in. Um, and uh, you, if you're uh, when you go to harvest, you really need to dig a, a good 12 inches deep because you'll find some there. Um, Otherwise, uh, I hope you've got your, your lettuces in and the whole, the whole host of greens. All your cabbages have, uh, could, could be in now and then. You could wait a little bit for cauliflower if you have some, but uh, other than that, you know, the, the cabbages, the kohlrabi, broccoli, all of those, kale, collards, all of those are, um, uh, are, should be in by now, and if they aren't, you know, you're, you're, you can put them in now. You're safe to put them in now. Of course, the green beans uh, and pole beans you could probably put in this week. I don't suspect we're going to get a hard frost, and they won't be up until next weekend anyway. Um, again, parsley, carrots, spinach, all those things um, can be in now. Uh, and uh, since we're – you brought up Agway. In the uh, the Montpelier Agway, and right. I That's I right. drove by there today, and there was a line to get into the parking lot. <laughs> well, they've got great plants and things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they uh, they just redid their whole interior, and it's a uh, it's a uh, very nice. They've done a nice job there, and and um, but anyway, it's a, it's going to be a busy day there. <laughs> yeah. And they provide good service, good information. Not just you know, not schmoozing them because they're a sponsor. They they are a wonderful and yeah. traditional outlet for yeah. this you yeah. know this time of year and every time of year. But boy, once the gardening season comes around, uh-huh. people just yep. get right there to Montpelier. Oh yeah, yeah, and actually all season long, I go down there for for the uh, the potting soil that I use for the year-round indoor salad gardening, you know, and uh, the kelp and all those sorts of things. But anyway, uh, my what I wanted to to sort of step back on is that you know the parsley, this the carrots, the spinach, all those things are are already in the garden, should be growing well right now. Um, but with the spinach, as soon as this hot weather comes, the spinach is going to go boop, going to going to start to bolt. And there's really not anything that you've done wrong with it. It will bolt. It's it's it's, it's nature. And, and there's a couple of the things that can influence the bolting of spinach, but the most, of course, most important reason is that, uh, it's too hot. But 
and I've talked about this before, and I just like to remind people, and spinach is such a big part of, you know, our cooking and, and freezing and everything else that we do. Um, I've always looked for spinach replacements. And I've had very good luck with what they call perpetual spinach, which is actually a form of chard that has a more tender uh, leaf that can be eaten raw and cooks and tastes very similar to spinach. And it's a, it is a, uh, a terrific green and, and it will grow right through the season from now right until, uh, November when, when you get hard frost. It'll, uh, well, probably middle of October when you start to get just your first frost. But anyway, that's a, that's something to look for. Uh, there's a couple of different names for it. Um, but the one that I know it by is, uh, and that's at, at Baker Creek and there's a few other places you can get it. Uh, um, so just look for that. Now, New Zealand spinach is actually easy to grow, and it's um, it is let's say it has a sort of a meatier, furrier leaf than our regular old spinach, but it's very delicious. And then what some people call Chinese spinach, but I've always called it tot soy. It has a, a almost a round, dark, dark green leaf with a light green stem on it. And again, that's that's very good uh, raw in a salad. It's uh, anything that you spinach for, you can use the tot soy or the Chinese spinach for. So those are those are good replacements for the spinach as it starts to grow. Um, and then there was another one. Oh, uh, kamatsuna. <laughs> it's a Japanese green, but it's again another uh, uh, Chinese green that will grow all summer long, and it uh, doesn't mind the cold or the heat. And it's a nice green, green leafy vegetable. Uh, those are all things that you can substitute for the for your spinach that's bolting. So <laughs> we got to get our greens right. <laughs> I'm just worried about bolting spinach, you know, walking out there and boom, <laughs> bolts on you. <laughs> and, uh, I tell you, all the weeds have bolted. I just can't believe it. Did you hear Lee play that song, Dandelion? That's right. <laughs> I thought, well, that, that's right on the mark yeah. there. <laughs> because uh, the dandelions are here. And uh, I don't know if you heard uh, Rick Sangari was talking to uh, – <clears throat> To one of our local gardeners, and he was talking about the um, the way he eats spinach. I mean, uh, dandelion greens, and it, it actually sounded so good uh, that uh, that I thought, oh, I should give that a try. You know, that's a um, these. So rather than rather than pull them up or pull or try to poison them or anything else, just go ahead and eat them. You know. <laughs> Well, I've told the story before of living uh, just, well, I was living in Westchester, just north of the Bronx when mm. we had moved, and so we get there on the Bronx River Parkway north mm-hmm. of New York City to uh, where we lived, and noticed the, uh, you know, older Italian-American ladies uh, picking the dandelions, you mm. know, alongside mm. the, and in and, and the median, yeah. of, and I go, what are they doing at it? And anyway, eventually, Mrs. Shiravolo said, hey, try some of this with her dandelion wine. And I, I salute all the – oh, man. Salute. You know, for, well, for a 14-year-old kid at the time, I said, whoa. Oh, boy. Yeah. This yeah. This, forget about what the laws are. This is, this is good stuff. 
That'll knock your socks right off. Huh? Did, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Dandelion wine. Wow. Dandelion wine. Well, uh, the um, the that's one thing you can do that's coming up. <laughs> But, oh, you know, it points to the chicory family, um, you know, uh, all of those things are, you know, all the forms of chicory and uh, are, are early growers and very hardy in the cold. And again, you know, the emphasis being on when it's cold, grow things that like the cold. Um, we're just about past that point now that where we should have, uh, you know, steady warm weather. And so if you don't have all the things I was talking about, oh, the cabbage family, uh, your green beans, your green pole beans, uh, your parsley, carrots, uh, all those things can be in now. You don't have to worry about any of those. Um, of course, the, the mustards, the pak choy, bok choys, um, lots of, um, uh, arugula. I don't know if you like arugula, but, uh, that's a, that's a popular Italian, uh, um, Italian green that they use a lot. Mizuna, which is a Chinese green, and it has that sort of frilly looking leaf that you see in the, in the, the mixes. Of course, beets and chards, all those that can go in, your scallions, your celery, your celeriac, um, onions you should have had in already, but if you don't, go ahead and plant them. And, but wait a week for, for those tomatoes, the peppers, the eggplants. Wait till, um, till, uh, for Memorial Day for those things, just so everything warms up. Of course, the soil's gonna be pretty warm after uh, these few days, but, um, you know, which reminds me, we are getting bumped next week. Um, That's right. On the, was it the 28th, I guess? Yeah, Mm -hmm. the 28th. Uh, the Red Sox are playing a makeup game. I think when they, they, they missed on the, the beginning of the season. So they're doing a double header on Saturday. So that should be some good listening. Um, but you won't be able to, um, uh, we won't be on the air. So anyway, so next week, that's when you want to be planting your tomatoes and peppers, eggplants, basil, tomatillas, cucumbers, zucchini, summer squashes, winter squashes, all those things. Did I say tomatillas? Yeah. Uh, and the husk cherries. Have you ever tried the husk cherries? Now, what are those again? Uh, they're actually in the tomatilla family. Uh, maybe I haven't. And, but instead of, uh, being sort of a mild, uh, tomatoey flavor like the tomatillas, they're really sweet. Sometimes they're called, uh, you know, pineapple, uh, cherries and, uh, ground cherries and there's like a number of different names, but they have a nice sweetness, kind of like a, like a pineapple flavor. And they grow, uh, uh, obviously near the ground. They're not a vine the way the tomatilla is. And they're um, usually sort of yellowish, uh, you know, dark yellow, and they do have that little husk on them. No, I haven't seen, haven't done, done those yet. To- had no trouble growing tomatillos. I, <laughs> I did grow them, yeah. <laughs> you might call that one an invasive species. It, it certainly looked like it. I said, this looks like something I didn't plant because things I don't plant just take over the garden. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the tomatilla I found, uh, of course, you know, I'm processing them and putting them in the compost, you know, with the, the leftovers in there. Uh, that whole big round tomatillo, it just 
seed after seed. I'm, there's probably thousands of seed in one tomatilla. So what, what happens to me is I put that in the compost pile, and they just absolutely love it when I spread it out with a good compost <laughs> and the tomatilla seeds, and then just like that became one of the the worst <laughs> the worst weeds I had in my my garden was the tomatilla. <laughs> But anyway, um, the the ground cherry or husk cherry, whatever you want to call it, is uh, uh, it can be planted now just right along with all those things. And of course, all your your pumpkins and and squashes and uh, gourds and melons and um, uh, and then I'll plant uh, from seed. I usually plant my uh, trombone zucchini. You know, the one that, that, uh, really just loves growing up a trellis. It's, it's perfect for trellises if you've never used it. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, the trombone zucchini. Now I, some people have asked me, uh, well, where do you get the seeds for that? And, um, it, it, well, Baker's, Baker Creek, um, along with the Perpetual, they have a lot of, uh, uh, what they call rare seeds, you know, but the, the trombone zucchini is, uh, an heirloom Italian zucchini, and it's well worth growing. I, I like it quite a bit. Um, so, interesting little fact. I, I wanted to plant some fennel because my son's girlfriend really loves fennel. But some of the details about fennel I had, a, had not realized that they actually like it when the days or lengths are waning, more or less. It's better to plant it in July as the days are growing shorter, <clears throat> and they're less likely to bolt, and they're more likely to, you know, have a good round ball. You, uh, you like fennel at all? Fennel? <laughs> fennel? Oh yeah, I love them. I love oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You use it as salad, or you cook it? Uh, I, I put it, I, I put it in a salad. I love fennel seeds. Love it to, to go that far. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually, I I didn't put those together, but you're right. Those are the fennel seeds. Is uh, what I do is I take I, what if I if I have you know uh, the actual dried out <laughs> fennel seeds, I crush them and put them in cottage cheese, and it's delicious. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. I never even thought of that. It's perfect flavor for it. Yeah, yeah. Now, isn't that isn't that the one that they put on uh, rye bread and stuff? Is that a fennel seed or is that? Uh... Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, that's caraway seed. Oh, caraway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like you're right. It's not a fennel seed. Well, uh, I was fennel, fennel would be good too. My, I think my uh, my youngest son's wife is from India, uh-huh. and they actually make <laughs> Tic Tacs, the flavor of fennel. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I was so surprised. She said, here, Dad, try these, you know. And she likes them? So yeah, them. I like them. I yeah, thought they right. were great, but you, you won't get them here. You know, you just don't think sometimes that, well, you figure Tic Tacs are Tic Tacs, right? Yeah. But, you know, they take a flavor that is popular in, in that, is a vast country, you know, and, uh, they make fennel Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little cottage industry here a in little. Vermont. <laughs> That'd be great. Fennel or cottage a, cheese. Or a cottage and, cheese and fennel tic tacs. Well, you know they have those uh, Vermont. Uh, How do you uh, make a tic tac? Do you? Uh, 
you have to make a confection first and then, you know, I was going to say if you have to make any kind of dough, then it would be Tic Tac dough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ahead of myself and before all the sponsors cancel. I guess we better before the, take a break here. Yeah, before all our underwrite. Uh, by the way, we do have a telephone number at 802-244-1777. And uh, these are the guys that keep us going. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. Me mind on fire, me soul on fire, feeling hot, hot, hot. All the people all around me feeling hot, hot, hot. I think we're all feeling <laughs> hot, 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 hot. <laughs> including uh, Alice in Warren, who is our first caller today. Hey, Alice. <laughs> Good afternoon. I like feeling hot. Anyway, yeah, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I called you last fall. I guess mm-hmm. it was or late summer. Oh, am I in blue- trouble? No, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was about my blueberry bushes getting the uh, fruit fly. Oh yeah, yeah. And you suggested getting the Captain Jack, which I've got, mm-hmm. but I haven't sprayed yet. And nope. I just wanted because I took lousy notes when we were talking. <laughs> um, Wanted to know I should be spraying now, and because they've started to actually flower, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's safe, right? It is. Um, it's safe. Yes. Yeah. It, it, you mean the the Captain Jack is that a safe product, or is it safe to spray them now? Safe to spray the flower mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is, but it might not be necessary yet. Oh. Um. What what your your professional growers will do is they have a a little trap and they look for when the fly the male fly first starts to come out. Once the male fly comes out, then it's that's when you want to start spraying, and that's usually not for a few weeks yet. Okay. Um, uh once the they're more likely to come around when you start to see the berries uh, turning color uh because the, the fruit needs to be soft enough for them to penetrate and put their their larvae larvae in and so you probably don't have to spray yet um, so do you spray when the fruit's getting infected too? Uh, no, no. Well, yeah, you can, but you definitely want to spray before that. You want to, right. you want prevention in this case. And um, then, did you mention hanging strips, or was that somebody else that said that to me? Hanging strips of I don't even remember what it was. It just said mm-hmm. in my notes, hanging strips. And so, <laughs> well, would you, you spray the? That's the. Jack? That's the. Um, uh, that's part of the de- trying to detect when the fruit flies are actually coming into coming. You know, is you you 
you hang the sticky strips not so much to eliminate the fruit fly because you, you won't be able to catch enough of them to to eliminate them. I mean, it's not like right. a Japanese beetle that that you can catch you know lots and lots of them. Uh, what you're doing again is just you, the hanging strips were just for detection as to when they're they're coming. But okay. you you can guess that sometime towards the end of June you're. When the, the fruits uh, are, are, you know, plump and maybe even starting to turn color, that's, that's when you should start spraying right along in there. Okay, even if you're fun. not using the strips, even if you're not doing the detection and all the rest, uh, th- at that point you're, you know, you might just as well get started. And I think that's, uh, it's either every seven or ten days for the Captain Jacks. Uh, you have to check the, for okay. that. But, um, yeah, that's a, a good safe spray and it, it works well. And, um, um, so how many plants do you have? How many blueberry plants? Well, I have five mm-hmm. adult blueberries and I did really prune them well. Of course, mm. my young dog also helped me this winter a little bit. Um, <laughs> But and that's also the question I have about hanging strips. Are those those strips that you use in your house? Don't they have like a sweetener on them or the sticky strips for for house flies? Those ones? Yeah, is that uh, what I use. Usually, no. Uh, okay. That what you're looking for is uh, it's like a. Uh, a yellow piece of plastic about oh, two by three, three by four, somewhere in that range. And it, you can put a little, uh, you can either, uh, it probably comes in a kit with some sticky stuff, which is basically like Vaseline. And so they stick, to, you know, when they fly up to it, they're attracted to the yellow and, you know, the, the fruit fly will, will land on that. Oh, so. so you can get that like at a hardware store? Mm-hmm. Should be able okay. to. Yeah. Agway, Blue Seal, Plainfield Hardware, okay. checking in some of them. I'll double check to see if I can. I'll see what they have. Um, Maybe I don't really need them, but that interests me that you can get them like that to hang. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah, well, good luck. Good luck. Do you freeze your uh, berries or just eat Yeah, them? I no. get a ton or I have in the past. I don't mm. know after all this pruning that happened this winter. Oh, don't worry. You'll get, you'll get plenty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, um, I'm sure, but. The pruning true. really just invigorates the bush, so you, you don't need to worry about that. But by the end of the season last year, I had so many fruit flies, I was really sort of grossed out by it all. No, isn't that awful? You open a berry and there's all these little, yeah. Yeah, I ended up just getting them off the bushes and raking underneath mm-hmm. to get them out of mm-hmm. there and Good. see what happens this year. Yeah, but, that's um, yeah, that's the way. And yeah, you, know, you get started early, you you'll do fine. You'll do fine. You'll save them. It's a, you know, it's it's part of my uh, my thesis about the uh, the garden fortress. You know, you really have to sometimes really fight for what you, what you get. And this is a case. You have an infestation, and you know you're gonna you're doing the right thing to fight for. Them. Okay, great. Well, thanks. I sure did else. see the berry guy at the farmers market in Waitsfield oh, yeah? this morning. He's down in Granville, and I was talking oh. to him about using this Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. He said he's never heard of it. Really. So yeah, I was surprised. So I will give him this information. But he he says he he doesn't even attempt to get rid of them. He's just picking the berries earlier, and I don't want to do that yes. either. So no, sort of yeah. no. But well, he because says he, can't, mm-hmm. he can't get rid of them. He's oh. tried, and he's mm. 
he's been in the business for a while anyway. Well, that's interesting. Uh, it's, it is called, it has a substance in it called spinosad, which is like, a lot like the thergicide. It's a, it's a, you know, a, a biological, uh, insecticide because it makes the, makes the bugs sick, basically. Uh huh. But yeah, definitely, uh, that should, it should help quite a lot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm challenged to do this. All right, see, Alice. But thank you very hey, much. Give us an update when you. All right, thank you. All right, and then, uh, we have another caller. Hey, uh, Kendra, how are you today? You're in Northfield? Yes, I am. Oh, beautiful Northfield. Yes, um, I had called you last fall again mm-hmm. about blueberries. <laughs> I had taken blueberry cuttings. Yep. and had taken them through one year, and I didn't know whether I should plant them last fall. And you and I agreed to take them through another winter in mm-hmm. my basement, mm-hmm. which I did, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. Oh, um, super. They're full leaf, and they're in bloom, just like their mother plants. <laughs> so anyone who's going to take clippings this year to propagate, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe plan on having it be two years before you actually put them in the soil. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good plan, uh, particularly when you're starting from cuttings. Well, yeah. good for you, Kendra. Congratulations. Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm really impressed. I, I have I'll, never I'll propagated that way. Yeah, and I'll be starting some more this, this year. Oh, well, great. So what are you going for? You, how many, how many bushes are you looking to get? Well, I have just three, mm-hmm. and now I have three mm-hmm. more. So, um, and they're from a berry bush that I don't remember the name of, but they're uh-huh. big and they're beautiful. Beautiful. Oh man! Really, really good. So I'm going to be giving some to my son who lives oh. up in St. Albans. Oh, great! Yep. Great. Love, love your show. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you, Kendra. It's good to hear you. And let me know how it goes. <laughs> okay, I shall. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. <clears throat> so, and then we have uh, oh, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How Hi, are you? Cindy Hi. in North Faceton. That's right. Yeah. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are. I love your show, oh, <laughs> as always. Um, my question today is concerning my compost bins. Mm-hmm. I have two of them side by side, and one is, like, I call it the older one, mm-hmm. and then one is where I put the fresh stuff. Or mm-hmm. So what is good to put in there to help the compost pile digest it all? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the important thing with compost is the the mix, the the greens to browns. Yes. Okay, and uh if you don't have enough browns, it gets stinky stinky, you know, and and your nose uh the nose knows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we put in um we rake up all the there's a big maple tree mm, right over the compost mm-hmm, bin, so mm-hmm. you know, they just they wind up in there, so there's plenty of the browns. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Mm-hmm. But what about like do you add anything like Bone meal or lime or you know anything like that? You, you, can, you can, you can, and I, I sort of considered doing the same thing, ha, uh, making the compost uh, my fertilizer, um, mm. and and that's uh, and, and there's some some very interesting formulas for the uh, matter of fact I don't have it. I don't think I have it here, but there's a, 
the uh, perfect compost mix. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was the intelligent gardener, uh, Solomon is his name. Uh, I'll, I'll go look that up. Uh, unfortunately, in the, in my house fire, I lost most of my garden. Oh, books. no. Yeah. And, oh. uh, uh, I'm slowly replacing them, but there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of them. But, <clears throat> you know, he, he, um, he was very specific about the mix and, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get that. I'll find that for you. Thank and, you. And uh, the the compost, the perfect compost. Because I have a lot of compost. I've had the piles for years, mm-hmm. and I like to have the two bins side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use like those wooden pallets. You yeah. Know, yep. The, yeah. And um, they just you know I, I get in there and I flip them over with a pitchfork mm-hmm. and turn them over and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I just wondered if there was something that would be good to add to it. For some reason, I, I seem to remember something, but. Well, you know, in a professional uh, compost maker's uh, pile, you yeah. know, they they do a couple of things. First, they they add a high nitrogen source, so you start to get the heat. And second of all, they usually have a blower. They actually have yeah. a you know a four inch pipe or a six inch pipe that blows into the middle of that. So it's it's always oxygenated. Uh, There's lots of oxygen, and yeah. uh, um, we don't, you know. Us little gardeners don't really have much of it, you know, can't really do that too much. But uh, interesting, Helen and Scott Nearing, they made their piles, um, and in the center of the pile, they took a bundle of of small uh, sticks, you know, saplings or, you know, anything that was straight, and they would bundle them up and tie them up, and they would set it right in the middle of the pile. Now their piles were were good size. You're talking probably what about four by four foot by four foot on your mm-hmm. on your yeah. yeah. So uh, that it's would pretty deep at this point. You know, yeah, and well. that would work fine. You know, that would work really really well. So uh, that would just aerate. That would keep that's it. the air. That's instead of the high powered blowers blowing all the time as you would or have the pitchfork. I you know I or the pitchfork. Yeah, keep, <laughs> flip them over. Yeah, mm. that's what I do. Mm. Really? Well, good yeah, for I just, you. T- well, yeah, <laughs> when I can. <laughs> so, sometimes I feel like such a lazy gardener because I just keep adding to the compost pile until it's, well, I do that a lot until too. it's full, and then and just try to make sure I have enough layers of stuff that it doesn't turn sticky. So right, but, and there uh, are t- lots of leaves in, in there, which is really I know that's wonderful. So oh, that's a, it is, yeah. But yeah. the, the thing to, that I usually. Um, or just say how to say this is compost is really a medium. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a fertilizer. Right. And, and I, I have uh, read books that, that, uh, uh, that treat compost as a fertilizer, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really give you a balance. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at is, yeah. you know, how do I, um, and, and logically it's easier to do that separately. Uh, in in terms of doing a soil test on the soil after the compost has been added, and find out what the whole you know the whole six to eight inches of soil really needs. Yeah, and, and adds you know material to it and body to it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it needs that because you know mm-hmm. it re- regenerates it. I, Absolutely. I yep. Yeah. Yep. The worm capsules and all the little critters and bugs and the mycelium. I know. And, I know. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's. 
that's what makes a live soil. And, uh, uh, geez, I was just watching a documentary. What was that? Uh, Kiss the Earth, I think it was. Kiss, oh. Kiss the Earth. Yeah. And, uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson, uh, uh, narrated it. And, and of course oh. they're talking about, uh, climate change, you know, and yeah. the, one of the, one of the biggest, uh, uh, carbon machines, in a sense, for carbon sequester is the earth. And, uh, you know, when you, when you do organic gardening, you're, you're not, you're not just growing great vegetables, you're also doing your part to sequester carbon. And yes. one of the reasons that, that, uh, farming is, is, um, is such a carbon producer in a sense is that uh, the uh, you know when the soil is just turned over and it's there's no organic uh, you know no medium <clears throat> right no organic uh, stuff in the soil um, then it doesn't hold the carbon and uh, just by changing the way that we plant uh, say like no till and organic uh-huh. and adding you know uh, um, those different materials to to the soil we bring down a tremendous amount of carbon into the soil uh-huh. tremendous Good. amount i mean you can by just changing uh, the fields and a farm in farms you can you can sequester more more carbon than all the electric cars avoid. Oh, wow. And, and so um, there's, um, I, I've read a number of good books on this, and one of them, uh, Chelsea Green, and Cows Save the Earth, or Cows <laughs> Save the Planet. By, uh, I met her, and she uh, she wrote a very interesting book, and it was uh, uh, well-researched, and just by the same idea, just by drawing the carbon back into the soil, you're not only enriching the soil and, you know, putting the micronutrients and all those other things back into the soil, mm-hmm. you know, you're sequestering the carbon. And I like that. It's such well, a simple, you. simple formula. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's kind it, of, it's, uh, it's sort of common knowledge, I think, or, you know, it's common sense. Common sense. Yeah. Yes, God bless common sense. I wish it was common. <laughs> oh, more common, right? Yeah, I know. It doesn't so, seem. Everybody gets so confused. <laughs> but anyway, you are doing your part by uh, organic farming or gardening, by organic gardening, and, okay, and you good. know to pull all that stuff down in. So it's not only just a, a wonderful, you know, good compost is just like the good earth. Put your hands I right know. in it. And I like the two bins side by side. It was great, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, I've had that for years, and mm. you know, the new one and the old one, and then they switch around each mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, uh, that's terrific. That's uh-huh. just terrific. <laughs> yeah, it's very sturdy, you know, and just get those pallets and yeah, yeah. nail them up there, and yeah. that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're free. Otherwise, you, you can spend right. a lot of money on, on a, well, you know, it's a good 100, 102, 200. Oh, well, you, you know. see them, yeah, you can see them alongside the road sometimes, and and um, they're oh, very yeah. useful. Yeah. yeah, if you want pallets, just go to Barry, where, where all the all that stone oh, comes in on Barry. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's where I work, is in, in, in Barry. Uh-huh. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Hey, kiddo, it was nice talking to you. Thanks for the call, Cindy. Thank you so much. All Bye-bye. Right, we'll talk to you again. <laughs> uh, do we have another? Oh, uh, Brian and Eden. 
Oh, my goodness. Hey, how are you? Well, it, it, well I was on hold. I got completely distracted by your conversation <laughs> about Tahoe. Completely. Uh, rock dust might be one of, like, granite dust might be one of those secret ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that, think of Rudolf Steiner and the weird stuff, like, people in Eastern Europe put in the middle of their conference. I know, I know. Well, you know, the, the, my dog has those bones that Correct, he likes to, yep. she likes to chew on, has that stuff exactly. in the middle, and I've got three or four of them. And it's funny you mentioned it because yesterday I was thinking, you know, biodynamic, they put these bones right in that compost bin. I'm going to go throw these in the compost bin. Right. I have new weird of that. Yep. <laughs> Um, anyway, my thing is really short, and I'll probably hang up. It's kind of silly, too. But the first is, a, a, as far as perennials go, a dry early spring, like the way it was dry, you know, a week ago or whatever, a couple weeks ago, yeah. it was really seriously dry on the yeah. surface. Yes. Yep. And uh, But it forces the roots to, to go down with the perennials. Yep. And then when it rains, they just bloom and blossom like you wouldn't believe it's oh. better than any fertilizer, any phosphorus or anything mm-hmm. you would do mm-hmm. for that. Um, that that weather pattern. I think we're in for a beautiful, beautiful growing season as long as we continue to get sprayed. Um, but the other thing is you were talking about fennel and I wanted to bookend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cardamom. People chew cardamom. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's the same way. It is so popular. So cardamom <laughs> ice cream, cardamom <laughs> Everything is well. I oh my gosh. Anyway, I'll take I just, you know, you're in Eden, right? And so you yeah. have a, a garden in Eden or a garden yeah. of Eden? <laughs> I have a lot of games. <laughs> well, I like the rock powder. That's a good idea. You know, you can put that in because you can't really overdo the, the rock powders and the azomite. And no matter what you put in, either, you know, lime or that, it takes time for the, you know, for the biologics to break it down and make it useful. You know, the powder is not like water soluble. Well, it was so that, that's a good idea. You said you leave it, and I actually work doing gardens for other people. Uh-huh. And some of those people are like, when you flip it, you're losing nutrients. And I'm like, man, no. but it cooks so much faster. <laughs> you know, well, you need oxygen in it. That's my point, is that you're not making compost for the nutrients. It's a growing medium. More yep. or less, it's, uh, you know, the, if you get technical, it's, it has to do with the anions and the cations and all the things that help well, the also roots. The, tilt, the oh. overall tilt. Yes. I mean, we're in Vermont. Yep. Yeah. Half the people live on uh, glacial moraines. I mean, yep. gravel pit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you gotta create soil. Yep. So well, it's a wicked good medium. That yeah. was, uh, that was, uh, uh, in, in his second book, Mel Bartholomew's theme in there was, he said, I've been all over the country. There is no such thing as perfect garden soil. You have to make it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, especially here. That's so, where you are. so that's why we went, we, uh, we went to the boxes and the first six inches is perfect soil. It's perfect soil medium. You still have to add the fertilizers and all that other stuff, but it's a perfect soil medium. You know, the compost, yeah. the vermiculite, and perlite. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks Absolutely. for the call, Brian. And <laughs> yeah, continue helping me. It is so great. I actually have no problems with bugs, no problems with fertilizer, no problems with soil. I think it's going to be a great year. Have a good one. Yeah. Well, uh, as I was, uh, as I was, um, uh, walking the dog this morning, there's, uh, the place that we're renting has, uh, I think it's nine pear trees and the pear trees now have actually set fruit. 
You know, the, it, they blossomed all last week and the blossoms have dropped and there are little, you know, quarter inch uh, fruits on, on all of them. There's a ton of them out there. Guys are just starting to blossom up here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's, and so, you know, at that point, you're ready for uh, both a fungicide and an insecticide spray. And, uh. Would you use copper? Uh, yeah. Copper for your fungicide. Yes. So, um, and the insecticide is more like a serenade and, well, actually I can, I can tell you what the other ones are. Cause, uh, the insecticide, the chemical, the, yeah, the organic ones. Yeah, I assume they break yeah. down and they'll bioaccumulate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, you can use neem and, uh, yeah, of course, the horticultural oil and the insecticidal soap. And then there's some brand names, uh, the, besides the rotenome and the pyrethrum, the neem oil, all of those are good insecticides uh, that are approved for organic gardening. The diversity hasn't produced, I'm not dealing with a monoculture here, so our our bugs tend to take care of themselves for the most part, but Mm -hmm. we're not huge. Hey, take care. Thank you so much for being back on the air. Hearing your voice is like spring, you know? So great. That's a nice, I like that. What a nice association. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Oh, goodness. So, um, are we due for a break? Or? Well, we will, but let's first take uh, Pete and Barry, and oh. then we'll we'll take our break. But, oh, okay, uh, Pete and Barry, how are you, buddy? I'm pretty well. How are you? I'm good. Now, do I recall last year you were having problems with a woodchuck? Was that right? A oh, chipmunk. Chipmunk. There you go. Chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was something. Yeah, well, I, t- I took Who care won? Of uh, I did. Oh, good, good. I, uh, I, I got a, I got a, uh, I got a uh, rat trap. Ah, there you go. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't, and interesting enough, I think, I think, uh, one of your comments back then was, you get one and all of a sudden you've got a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so, with that in mind, once I got the one, mm-hmm. I put the rat, the, the trap out a second time, mm-hmm. and I got another chipmunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you get uh, up to fifty? Hmm. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was that was it. Uh, but I put it out a third time. Yeah. And I and I got a field mouse. And oh. I said, you know, I'm not going to be able to. You know, I'm I'm not get get all the mice that are out there in the world. <laughs> not a chance. No. So Thank that's the good when Lord. I took it in. <laughs> so my question today is: mm-hmm. I've got a I've got to I've got a little construction project going on behind my house, and I've got to transplant some Asian lilies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I thought your answer would be. Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, not. I realize it's not the best time of mm. year to do that. Yeah, but you know, you know that's just the way transplanting usually goes. Is you transplant it when you need to, and so just take care of them. Uh, you know, as you transplant them, you want to make sure that you don't knock the the. They're probably starting to sprout already, right? Oh yes. Yeah. So you want to make sure you don't knock around those the you know the growing leaves. So you right. want to just be real ginger with them, real really careful not to knock those around. Um, uh, other than that, 
you want to keep them in a shady spot and even in some dirt until you can transplant them, unless you're going to go from one to the other. Well, that's my hope, to go from one one spot to that's the, the other. That's the best, yeah. Do, if you can do, do that. Do, do they do – it's on the uh, – right now they're on the eastern side of the house. Mm-hmm. Do do they do well uh, in uh, my my choices? As I <laughs> I got three other sides of the house. To <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to put them on the south side because okay. I think that's too much sun and too hot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, what would be best, north or east? East is in shade. East is in shade. Yeah, or part of the day anyway. Well, lilies tend to grow. Just about anywhere, you know. The, I, I know that they seem to prefer a, a sunny spot, but I, we have them all well, over the place, and they. Yeah, well, we, you know, tend to regular. Come. I'm going to say tiger lily type mm-hmm. uh, lilies. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, I don't, I don't hesitate to move yeah. them about. Yeah, they're more like a weed. You, yeah, you, you can't kill them. <laughs> uh, but Asian lilies, you know, the variety. These are stargazer. And and uh, so Pretty. they're kind of special, mm-hmm. and so that's why you know if these if we're, these were regular lilies, oh, yeah, I you wouldn't worry I, about it. You know. I wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. So um, your choices are on the east side, so they get the morning sun. Right, that's where they are now. Mm-hmm. And that's slightly shaded. No, 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 it's not. It's, okay, it's, all right. No, it's in, they're in full and, sun. And so your choices are the southern side, which you think is too hot, and then the west or the north. Is that what you're right. thinking? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my first impression is just in, and this is just a total guess. Is I'd probably put them on the west side. Um, okay. Like you say, the north might be. I don't know. You know, I I have a the north side of my house. Is a is a uh, um, a south facing hill, so mm-hmm. you know it's not like in the north. You know it right. gets really good sun on that you know hillside. Right. Yeah, the uh, our north side we have our blueberries and regular regular run of the mill lilies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on on the north side. Yeah, and they grow good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I in this case, I'd put them where you want them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> any, any, do you think they, uh, they, they will require any uh, soil amendments or anything like that? Well, you know, a handful of compost isn't going to hurt anything for okay. sure, especially yeah. around those new roots. Uh, do you plan to trim the roots at all? Uh, I, tr- I plan on taking as much. Mm, the root ball. Uh, 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 of the root ball as mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's a good plan. So, and and that's a, that is a good plan with them because you can't really trim the roots without trimming a top, and then that's not a it's not an easy top to clip because. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's a good plan, I, and I think that basically wherever you're going to put them, they'll do fine. As, as long as you're treating them like that, you know they're going to be okay. great. They're going to do fine. All right. Well. And this hot weather, of course, you're going to have to make sure you water good. I yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. hesitate to water them every day for the first uh, week, anyway. Right. Jeez, I, uh, I have the I have the same question for bleeding heart. Mm. Bleeding uh, heart. But 
Yeah. But I'm going to put that more in the shade. Yeah. I, I got a shady area for yep. that. Yep. Yep. That'll handle. I I I know. I well, a good friend of ours had a bleeding heart, and I swear it was it was three feet wide and four feet tall. It was huge. And it was but, just in, you know, it was on the side of a garage. <laughs> there well, was no this car- one actually, is, I, yeah. I don't know how it got where it got. Mm-hmm. It's a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 nothing we, I, I pointed it out to my wife, and it's nothing she or I planted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, anyway. Probably a bird planted it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Okay. Isn't that well, funny how the, and, the, and the ones you try to plant? To what's that? Oh, yeah. Well, thank well, you. Thanks. It's good to be back. Right. <laughs> Take care, Pete. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. We're ready for that break now. All right. We'll see you on the other side. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. This memory of hand in mine, hand and 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 <laughs> You're still having dreams about that dandelion wine, huh? I like that dandelion wine. <laughs> it's pretty dandy, huh? Hey, are you ready for some more rhubarb? <laughs> no. Oh, by the way, thank you. I used up some uh, from California strawberries. Unfortunately, oh. none. Oh. And I made my strawberry rhubarb. Well, I call it compost. Compost. There you go. My kids call it compost. <laughs> but uh, it was absolutely delicious. All right. Well, I've got more if you want some. So you just let me know. So the the movie or documentary that I was talking about was is actually called Kiss the Ground. I, I don't know if I said that right before. And uh, we watched it on Netflix, uh, but I think you can watch it. I don't know where else you can watch it, but it it, it was on Netflix. And my son, uh, they he and his wife uh, in India uh, told us we needed to watch it. It was good. And that was, you know, that, uh, talked about the, uh, sequester and the, the carbon in the, in the ground and, and the things that we could do very easily to not put a little bit of carbon, but huge, massive amounts of carbon into the soil. And it would benefit all of us. And it's one of the easiest things there is to do. And thank goodness for all those organic farmers and gardeners we have out uh, here in Vermont. They're doing their part, that's for sure. And uh, God bless them. You know, that's, uh, it's a, it's a challenge sometimes to replace, you know, uh, a 40 acre field with some sort of, uh, uh, but some sort of, uh, well, manure. But they use green manures quite a bit, and uh, that um, fertilizes the soil and and brings up that uh, the biological activity in the soil, and that is what really pulls that uh, um, pulls the carbon down in and makes it available to the plants. So when those those plants grow, they have that carbon available to them, and. Uh, uh, Plus, then you're not producing all that uh, the chemical fertilizers, and you know 
Uh, I noticed that uh, Fairmont Farms does that quite a bit. They do the no-till. They don't. They don't plow anymore. They haven't for quite a few years, and and uh, uh, they seem to grow the, you know, the green manures and stuff. So, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, uh, for me, I, you know, as I've mentioned before, we had a house fire and my lower garden, which is, uh, 24, uh, some 24 beds of, uh, four by fours got completely covered with uh, six feet of soil. And so I don't have that this year. Um, we're just landscaping and getting back to it. And my wife is having second thoughts about turning it into garden again. So, uh the challenge for me and my solution is to replace those 24 beds and what i'm looking at is is more containers mm-hmm. uh sort of like your brother right yeah that's how he grows yeah, yeah. and so i mean it's it's fascinating cuz the the containers are actually pretty useful you know in hot weather a tomato will suck up a, a good over a gallon of of uh water and uh, so the containers I'm using have four gallons of water in their reservoir. Oh. So, I mean, that doesn't even get you through the week, but it at least gets you through, you know, most of the week and uh, in the hot weather. But it's uh, – uh, so I, I'm going to try to replace those 24 beds with that and uh, see how see how I can, you know – the, what the challenge is and, you know, how possible it is. So. Oh, that should be interesting. Yeah, and I, I also got a tower, a container, and it has, it, uh, see, there's uh, five slots and it has six, no, there's six little cups, right? And then there's five sections that go up. So it stands about five, six feet tall, and there's these... Uh, uh, you know, five sections, and each one of those sections has the six cups around it. Uh-huh. So you can grow something in each one of the cups. So um, I've always had a, a challenge uh, getting my strawberries uh, before the chipmunks do. So I'm going to try strawberries in one of these, and that would be 30 plants, which is actually a pretty good-sized garden. I and so. yeah. And it's not even, you know, it's not even two foot by two foot. It's smaller than that. And it has a reservoir at the top that you fill up, and then it sort of drips down, you know, through all those uh, all those layers, all five layers. And uh, so I'll let you know how that goes. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about. It. They just came in yesterday, sir, or uh, this week uh, to to work. They came in there. Terrific. Well, we're not going to be here next week, right? No. Uh. Uh-uh. So we are gone next week. Yep, that's right. And then the week after. So yeah. people should be. No, no, we're here the week after. We are here. The, okay. We I'm are. pretty sure. Yeah, you want to double check that? Where are the? Because uh, I was looking at it. It looked like it's a. It's like an 11 o'clock start, but it's it's out in the, in the West Coast. So that's why it's such a late start. Okay. So we're not. We are not here next week. The 28th. Right. And we are here the week after that. I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, let's leave it at that, Peter, and uh, we'll see you then. Okay. Oh, my gosh. we got to go. In the garden, yeah. (laughs) We'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Thank you. Inch by inch, row by row, going to make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch. 
In the Garden today, brought to you by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. Find them online, dandelionacres.com. They have what you need, Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. Also by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Online, sticksandstuff.com. PR Lumber, Route 15 in Walcott. PR Lumber for family milled lumber for all your projects. And PR Lumber is on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com Do join us two weeks from today at 1230 in the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Till the rain comes tumbling down.